0: Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no don't sweat, yo, cause there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast, a comedy podcast for comedians of any variety. And you're listening to the funkiest music in all of podcast land. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Follow us on Twitter at There It Is Pod and like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes. I'm trying to take the advice that I get from guests like Joe Toplin. To learn how to write better jokes so follow my journey there with that on at Jason jokes head over to the website there it is podcom to read blogs and find out how you can support the podcast which would be very much appreciated very fun interview today I talked with my good friend Toby morell Toby is a singer-songwriter who is the lead singer for the band Emery and the duo Matt and Toby he's also the co-host of the Bad Christian podcast, as he says it, and we'll be releasing a new podcast soon called the Unstoppable Badass. Toby is a fool; he acts a fool. Everyone knows him; knows he's a fool. I've known him since college, and uh, we had a great talk about how he creates music. His upcoming podcast which uh, will be a comedy podcast, and even get into a deeper discussion about the fear of making risky choices in your career. He may be a singer, but if you want a professional career in comedy, you could still learn a lot from this talk. It's a good one. Here it is, my chat with Toby Morrell. Jason, are you ready? Yeah. Well, I know I'm ready.
1: Three, two, one, drop some knowledge. You weren't kidding. You're really bad <laughs> at beatbox. <laughs> it's the bad Chris. Wait, no, it's not. It's the There It Is podcast. Nice. That's the best I, I really can ex- do. I would have really expected you to be better, honestly.
0: Well, I know my third guest taught me a little bit, <laughs> but I haven't. Uh, so I'm sorry, Kayla. I just don't know how to do the... Stuff that you were t- teaching me, <laughs> I like. It almost looked like you were having a seizure. I was like, I'm starting a I podcast
1: to, with Jason, and he, he, I might need to dial nine one one.
0: So it's not too different than doing bad, Christian. Uh, <laughs> with Joey, right? Uh, for those uh, who are tuning in for the first time, uh, I'm Jason Farr, and uh, I'm here with Toby. For those who've been listening to the podcast, Toby does Bad Christian, and that's uh, how they set up the podcast. So, you Bad Christian listeners, I am—I just wanted to do that with Toby to help you feel more comfortable listening to this podcast. And for you, there it is, listeners. Welcome, Toby. I am glad to be here, man. Yeah, very excited. Yeah, so a brief history of uh, beatboxing. I no um, <laughs> go over just our history real quick. So you it's and
1: I, I, I now, that you say, that it did make me think something. Did the first beatboxer did that come across because somebody was like choking or something? Somebody's like, I know there might they might die, but honestly, that sounds tight.
0: <laughs> or were they so embarrassed by it? They're like, no, 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 I meant to do it. Right, I was trying to. Go, oh, 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 oh. That would explain the beat, the, the the fat boys from the '80s. Right,
1: they were just stuffing their mouths and accidentally started beatboxing, like, trying to oh, breathe oh, around oh, the food. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, hey man, that sounds good. Yeah, I, admit, I meant that.
0: <laughs> I, all I can do is just like the basic, and that's that's really it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not that good at it either. It, it is hard. It it it's a real talent.
0: Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm you're sorry good. I interrupted you. Met, yeah, no, you're good. He, uh, Toby and I met in college where I heard him beatbox and rap, uh, and he's actually better than he's giving himself credit for it. We met in college. We were good friends. He was in a band called Joe747 that became Emory. Yep. And then Emory moved on to Seattle on, on September 11th, like the September 11th of 2001. So we're coming right. up on 15 years of yeah. you, have yeah. you uh, making this big endeavor, this big uh, trip. Out to Seattle, you joined Tooth and Nail Records, and uh, you guys had some nice success, and you've continued to have some really good success. Uh, You did that with one of your, well, several of your closest friends, Matt Carter being one of your best friends. He was in the band, still in the band, and your other best friend, Joey who was supposed to go with you guys, right. we don't have to go into that. Uh, people going to listen to Bad Christian uh, <laughs> and find out about that story. But you three started the Bad Christian podcast and then decided to start self-releasing your music and had really wild success with that. But uh, people got married, started having kids. So you moved to Charleston, Yep. Started working at the church Joey works at as a a worship leader. Yeah. Then recently you left that secure job. Quit it. The best job security, health, plans, Mm -hmm. nice people. Quit Mm -hmm. that. You're still doing, uh, you're still going to do Emory stuff. You're going to do more music. You're, You're starting a new podcast called The Unstoppable Badass. Yeah. So that's a lot. There's plenty for us to talk about. Uh, that we can really get into, get into the meat of here. Uh, the new podcast we can get into later. I want to talk to you about your big move. You just moved to Nashville. Yes. Uprooted the family, the three kids and your wife. I want to know, though, like what about creating things is driving you? Why did wanting to create stuff drive you so much? Um,
1: you know, it's really funny. I, 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 Sometimes I've thought about that. I, I do believe a... Uh, ignorant ego has <laughs> drove me for a long time, especially when I was a kid. Because as a kid, I was I was a good singer. I really was, and so I'd get the solos like in in every choir, a church choir, through elementary, middle, high school. I was the guy that always got the solos, and so I started thinking, man, I'm really good at singing. Like I really did start thinking that. And then even with college, I got a scholarship um, for singing. We're super late. Like I wasn't even gonna go to college. I just tried out just to try out, and I did get a music scholarship uh, for my voice. And so I think I had this ego built up in me that everybody had always told me I was really good. So I just bought into it. I was like, man, I'm, I I can remember people laugh at me so hard. I can remember thinking I'm probably one of the best singers in the world, (laughs) 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 which now I look back and go, how ignorant and stupid was I? I mean, it's just, I mean, it it was really naive. Now I, I still had insecurities and when I would hear myself, I'd feel a little awkward about it, but there was something driving in me that thought that now, I will say twofold. One, that's dumb. Of course, I'm not one of the best singers in the world. I'm just a singer. And two, though, I think that did drive me to try things because I thought, well, I can do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm good enough to do this, so I would try more. So around uh, late high school, uh, my dad got a free piano and just put it in our garage. It was kind of out of tune, but I started tinkering around on it and just trying to teach myself a little bit, like, what sounded good. I didn't even really know what cords were or anything I'd saw some people there wasn't the internet back then so right. I saw some people but just that little bit like just putting my fingers in a few different places on the keys, all of a sudden I felt like I was making something, even though to anybody else it would have been the dumbest, cheesiest, worst thing mm-hmm. in the world. The first <laughs> song I ever wrote was, I love you, I love you, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> always here forever, we'll always be together. That was the first song I wrote, and it was basically to the dun da dun da dun dun chopstick song, you know? So anyway, but that's when it really started. I was like, man, this is amazing. Went to college, said, well, piano's okay, but I really like guitar, taught myself guitar, and just really got into writing music like it was just so fun to write my own music I, at the time I, I just you know I was listening to all these other ideas and I was like huh maybe I can't there's that ego again <laughs> I could do this and maybe make my own music I think I can write music good enough to where people would want to hear it so I think honestly just an early age I, I think you really are defined a lot by what happens in your early years yeah and so I think that really was a driving force of man maybe i am good enough to try anything so i wasn't scared that scared to fail or be in front of people because i was like no nah, i'm good enough
0: right yeah sounds like you have in your in like innately in you a desire to just create stuff
1: yeah it's so fun like i just think you know possibilities are limitless when it comes to creativity and things being created i think like you know obviously i'm a christian i think man it's so amazing if you like god it, whether you believe in god or not we live in the most um, craziest creation that you could possibly imagine like we can't even imagine more because not only do we have our earth and our solar system but the rest of this universe where there's just so much and there's so much beauty and color mm-hmm. and design and all these different things that you can see and you see people creating just uh, in all different types that you always see something new or something mm-hmm. built built upon and so i just think it's so fun when you really are if you're passionate about it and you're really putting your all into it then it's just so fun you get that there's this it's a really unique feeling of man i just made something and now i got to show it to somebody and and that usually means some people will like it and some people will hate it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you're going to get the negative like i've i have gotten so probably sometimes more negative comments than positive comments but that means something <laughs> that at least means something i created made somebody so upset that they had to post about it <laughs> you know i still did something i still got a reaction right out of them. it's so, so i kind of take that as a compliment you know
0: yeah, it's it's one thing when somebody says something that is so stupid that it's not worth even acknowledging and it just goes in one ear right. out the other. But whether people really l- hate it or really love it, it's sticking in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I And there, like I said, there's no other feeling. It's like, almost like a high. You just start making something, you're putting yourself out there and it just feels so fun to create things. And and that can honestly be anything. It doesn't have to even be music or, or art. I mean, there are people that are into all kinds of things, creating food or design or, you know, you, you you can find creativity in landscaping if you want. It doesn't have to be, you know, just, oh, well, they're the artist and I'm not. I think, um, I was listening to a, a podcast um, with Chuck Klosterman. I think it was mm-hmm. the WTF podcast. And he said something that really stuck out to me: that his goals were never to be this famous, uh, you know, writer, author. You know, work for all these big things. He said his goal was he just wanted to get a job at the local newspaper and be in sports. You know, right? Be the local newspaper sports writer, and it just came from there. And I, it really stuck out to me. Like I, when when I started the band, I never did think, oh, I want to be. I didn't want Emory. I never thought in the beginning. Man, we're gonna be the biggest band in the world. Uh, my ego wasn't that big. What more I thought was, man, if I could do this and make a hundred dollars, I'll do it for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll be so happy with that. And that I think that's why when negative stuff hits, I don't I don't feel as bad. Like I don't feel as bad that we're not you two. Yeah, that would be cool. But that was really never my goal. You know what I mean? Like I, that would be fine, and I would accept it immediately. And if we ever get there, amazing. But I'm happy with my career and where it's been, because I never, I feel like I know who I am at this point. And it did take a while. You know, I had to get knocked down a few notches with my ego and my brain and all this stuff to realize, wait a minute, you're not, you know, you're not the hot, hot stuff that you thought you were. But I, I think for me though, it's just really knowing who you are and your goals. And that's where creativity stems from. What are you good at? What do you really like? Don't try to be, you know, if you're not a songwriter, don't go, well, I wish I could be a cool songwriter or a singer or something. Maybe that's not your thing. Everybody has something different and you know, even like with you in comedy, I feel like you realize, hey, I'm a comedian. Wherever that goes, of course you'd like to, you know, be the most famous ke- comedian in the whole world. But I think you are at a great place where you're getting to do your comedy. That is living your dream. I, it my dreams don't yeah yeah yeah. I mean, dreams don't come always with high pay or super success or yet. Even You know, I mean, that stuff could even come. But the the thing is, if you're living your dream, doing it because you love it. I think there's just so much fulfillment
0: in that. I agree. I think if I could go back in time and speak to five-year-old me right after I saw Bill Murray and Ghostbusters and said, I want to do that, I could say, hey, you're doing comedy several times a week. You've been doing it for seven years by the time you're the age I am now. You've been in a bunch of commercials and done all these fun things and met all these great people. And you get to talk to all these great comedians and other people that you admire on a podcast, which that doesn't mean anything to you (laughs) at five. But uh, (laughs) 1984 podcast did not exist. But I just mean, I would have been excited. I would have been happy. I would have said, oh, am I rich and famous? Right. I definitely want to have success. But. Just to the degree that I'm taking care of myself and working on things that I'm proud of. If yeah. I don't get on SNL but still a- accomplish that, I'm happy. I'm very right. happy, you know.
1: Uh, right. There, there, I think the, the world does a little bit of a detriment because I, I just remember being a kid and everything was a doc. If you're a doctor or a lawyer – or a businessman that that's success. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. and, and it's probably even worse for females a lot of times. that you can be a teacher. You know? right, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> nobody thought you could be the president, you know, for any almost anybody. But anyway. And so I, I think that the world does you a little bit of a disservice when they put these accolades or these like you said, fame and fortune as the thing that you attain. Because I know so many people, including very close family members, who have plenty of money. And are miserable, are yeah. not happy, aren't I mean the the money is not what makes you happy. it's how you do things and how you are going to accomplish things and the work you put into it. That really is the success. I mean, it, it really is, and so I, I'm seeing that more and more, like like you said earlier, like I was working at a church in Charleston Seacoast Church. I love the people I work with. I was getting paid a salary that was great. I was you know, had health benefits, you know, just so much security. And I just felt a little empty. I was like, man, what am I doing? I just, I can't keep doing this because what I realized was I'd go work at the church all day, come home and try to, you know, work on music or work on my podcasts. And I just wouldn't have the creative energy left. I'd spent it all. I'd used all my decision making skills and everything the whole day. So by the time I came home, I was like, I'll do it tomorrow.
0: You know what I mean? I, right. I, I want to put it you know, off, and then you keep putting it off. It doesn't happen.
1: Right, and it doesn't happen. And I literally realized I didn't have enough like brain capacity to just start over something completely new and creative at the end of the night, um, because what, especially with creativity, you really you sometimes you you know this too, a joke or something creative will come to you out of nowhere. Right. You know what I mean? It's it's not like you can sit in a room and go, okay, I'm going to write a funny five minutes right now. <laughs> right. Oh, come, on. that's just impossible. Now you can, you know, other jobs, you know, you, work is sent to you, you fill out the paperwork, you do this, this and that. But um, and especially when you create or are creating things, it just it kind of depends sometimes. I've gotten so many creative ideas jogging. You know, I'll be outside jogging, my heart beats pumping. I'll go, oh, I, uh, I have a, I have to stop and sing a song into my phone, or you know, write write right. down something for for a podcast. And so I think. um Overall, it's just this is we have such limited time on this earth. And I was just realizing, okay, am I going to spend all my time so I can say I have security or am I going to spend my time doing what I love and what I want? And it's scary. I mean, like, you know, I just gave up a cush job. Yeah. And now money is scarce and tight. And I moved to Franklin, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. And I'm just financially a little nervous, financially a little right. scared, but it's going to be okay because I'm doing what I want. You know, I'm I, doing what I feel like I'm supposed to.
0: I want to delve into that uh, before we move on from the previous stuff. I just want to say quickly: it reminds some of the stuff you're talking about reminds me of the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, which is about living your life creatively. You are going day to day to be creative. Now, it might not be where you make your money from; it might be what you make your money from. But essentially, you're chasing creativity in your life. So that is a good foundation for us talking about this move to to Franklin. It was super risky. You did leave this secure, safe job. You had benefits. You, you have three kids, so you could take care of those kids very easily with that job. Um, what about creating? Living a life of creating work and art drove you to make a decision like that? And, I, and I'm not trying to raise the stakes here and make it sound like you, you did something crazy. I just want to know if it all fails. when you lose your family? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, we put the kids up for adoption. Uh, that's the first thing we did. No. Uh, well, here's the thing. I realized I had to. I, Jess and I have been talking about this move for a very long time. Like this wasn't a overnight thing. This was literally probably a year, year and a half of just talking before we were like, okay. Let's possibly make this move. Let's do this. And we weighed all the options. What if I quit my job and we stayed in Charleston? What if uh, you, you know? What if I just stayed a little bit, cut down my hours at Seacoast, stayed in Charleston so I'd still have a little bit of that security? But the problem was Charleston uh, for us was just a – it's a, it's like a beautiful dead end. Like it's great to live there. I love it. One of my favorite places in the world. Mm-hmm. But for doing, you know, podcasting, music, entertainment, comedy, stuff like that, I just – it's just so hard to get connected for me right now. Um, there's so many other places that you can do that. But music especially here in Nashville is just great. I can meet with people. I can write with people. There's so much opportunity here. So I would say the, the thing about creating was I just – I felt like – I'm forty now. How many years do I have? like really like when I'm seventy I, I might still be awesome and, and kick you know kicking butt and doing this and that, but um, the thing is I won't be where I'm at right now. like I do have more vitality, more energy, more excitement, more passion and I feel like I got about a good 20 years to get this all out of me until it starts waning a little bit and maybe my interests go to other things like seeing my family get older and stuff like that. Uh, uh you know and spending time with grandkids or whatever that might be. So I just feel like right now this is it. This is my opportunity to really try and go for it, be completely self-employed and see what can happen and, and, and on the creative side that really does feel, feel fulfilling. I don't think when I'm laying on my deathbed at 153 that I'm going <laughs> to that I'm going to look back and say, "Man, I should have stayed at Seacoast. That, man that would that would have been good to have that money, you know what I mean that, that just mm-hmm. isn't like what I will look back on is man, I took a chance and if I failed I'll go, man that blew up my face I'm still going to be around I'm not, I'm, I mean we live in such an amazing society that even our the people in poverty in America are still in the one percentile I mean we have family we have you, I mean I will work at a factory if I have to like if this doesn't work I'll, I'll pick up another job, but it is worth going out on a limb and really chancing this when I know that it's something I just I want to do. Like this is what this is what I will be most passionate about. This is what I I will be my most true self. I I have been working harder than ever since I quit my church job. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I've, I've devoted so much time to this more and more because I, at the church job I worked hard and it was uh, exhausting. But it, uh, as the years went by, I was feeling less passionate about it less interested in what the goals of the church were because I just felt I was in a little bit of a, a predicament, too, of just seeing I've been seeing church and God a little bit differently, um, just about how we gather and meet and stuff like that. And so I, I, the final straw was I was sitting at work one day and I said, if I'm not supposed to be here, if I'm not supposed to be the small group director, worship leader, outreach director, I had like three jobs there. Yeah. Am I keeping somebody else from doing what their passion is? There might be somebody else that should be working in that job that is being fulfilled. Not only am I not fulfilled, but by staying at work there, I'm keeping them from their their goals and what they're trying to do and what they're passionate about. And when I thought that, I was like, yeah, I need to move on. I need somebody else can do this job better than me just on their passion alone, you know? So at that that point we moved on and, and yeah and, and it's just exciting man I've just been working so much I've been able to write songs like every day I've been working on the Bad Christian podcast been working on my own podcast Unstoppable Badass which is uh, it's it's comedy and it's it's so much editing and bits and skits I call it kind of like the Saturday Night Live of podcasting there's all these different bits and segments, and then there's music, too, where I work on other people's songs and, and give people my own creative songs for free to let them do whatever they want with it. But I've just felt so excited. like I wake up every day going, man, I can't wait to get to work.
0: Oh, that's great. I'm very excited about that for you as a, as a friend of yours. I want to talk about this mindset you have to be but, in to... Before you
1: say it. it, can I borrow $10 though? Man.
0: <laughs> Dude, I'll need to borrow $10 <laughs> if I give you $10. Um, I want to get into this mindset of where you have to be to make a move like that. I feel the same way. I, I'm right on the same page with you when you were talking about this on Bad Christian, wanting to live a life of creativity, wanting to work the way you're working now I was saying I want to do the same thing like why am I wasting any time in my life why why wouldn't I focus a hundred percent on doing what I love and I I think there is that oh you got to do the plan b you got to have a plan b Uh, you can't just uh, go into the entertainment industry it's tough and the problem I've always had with that advice is every job is tough Every yeah. job is hard. Right. You're, you're going to have to work hard to make a living if you're working at McDonald's or you're digging ditches or you're a doctor. Whereas if I had said I wanted to be a doctor, everyone in my life would have said, great, do it. Right. No right. one would have said, oh, it's real hard. But you know right. what's really, really hard? Being
1: a doctor
0: yeah, that's I know incredibly hard.
1: Right. And there's no guarantees there either. Just no. because you're a doctor doesn't mean your job's going to last. Something weird won't happen or you get malpractice or it's over. I mean, the, yeah. any job, you're exactly right. All jobs are hard. And there's no guarantees with those either. You can be laid off. Your company can collapse. I mean, I worked at a church in Seattle called Mars Hill. And right after I left anymore. that church, it doesn't even exist. It's a mega church, one of the fastest growing churches in the world. And it, doesn't exist it's gone and so there's no guarantees no matter what
0: right so you might as well do what you love I say because that's you have to work so hard to be successful I feel that the only when I've said this before I know but so I'm repeating myself but I feel that the only way to be successful is to work hard but the only thing that you can work hard at are things that you are passionate about or that you love or that you can easily do things that you have a knack for.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree with that a lot. I, I, now, I will say this. Like, um, for us, I, I don't necessarily think um, a plan B is bad, but if you have a solid plan B, then it it makes you work less hard. True. Like, Like, I, if I would have stayed in Charleston and said, okay, well, look, it's not exactly what I want to do, but listen, I can continue to work less hours at Seacoast and then work on what I really care about, I think that would have been rotten... To them and to myself. So I just like when we started the band, we moved from South Carolina to Seattle because that kind of nixed the plan B. The the plan B was just go back to South Carolina. You know, like that. That's it. Like fail. If we fail, we just go back to South Carolina and then figure out what's next. And the same way with this move, I just thought, man, if I'm really all in, and and then I will work as hard as I can like that is a motivating factor. You're like, instead of sitting and watching ESPN, I go, no, I need to get some stuff done. I mean, this is how I make a living. And if I'm not working during the hours I need to work or putting in enough time, I'm going to be screwed. And I'm, I'm actually not taking my dream seriously. I'm just coasting. And that's not what I want to do. So I think the thing for us was really putting ourselves out there and going, okay, we are, we're going to do this. And mine. It doesn't have to be a move. Mine, mine has revolved around moves just because it has. But um, I think for me, the big thing is putting yourself out there and going, I, it, like a plan B is just whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's going to work out. And when you need the plan B, that's when you'll really figure it out. But for the most part, for me, I just think putting myself out there and going, okay. I'm going to give it my all. That increases my work ethic and my work productivity. I'm always thinking of new ideas. I take I, I, I'm more observant. I think like even at, at moving here, I'll realize things more to put in my podcast or song ideas or whatever it might be because I'm so fully in. Right.
0: Yeah, I, I am talking about making a move. My girlfriend and I, we're planning a move. We're not talking about it. We're moving. <laughs> we're moving next year. Um, wow. Yeah, we're moving to New York nice uh, yeah and we're real excited about it and it's scary because it is that thing of well millions of people are going there for the very reason I'm going there right and so it'll be so easy for me to go up there and still just have to get a job uh completely out of the entertainment industry and then I would feel like Oh, the struggle is real. And what do I do? <laughs> like I'm right. I New York's a great city, but if I'm not doing comedy and I'm not making any traction and I'm not making uh, any traction as an actor or if I'm struggling just to get into UCB or whatever, it's going to be like a failure to me. Yeah. And I I I don't want that, you know, and it's what's the next thing after that like if that happens? That's Right.
1: Well, I mean, you got to tell yourself, though, if it's a failure right now, if you don't, you know what I mean? Like it is a failure right now. If you don't move like right now, no matter what, like the worst possible thing that can happen is you move to New York, you accumulate some debt, nothing works out. It's miserable and it sucks. And you come back in a year. That's the worst thing that can happen. Well, that's billions of people <laughs> have have stuff like that where they had to move back home or you know like i mean it, worst case scenario for me if everything falls apart i make no money everything ends we might end up in my mother-in-law's basement which is it's embarrassing i'll, I'll admit that but who cares i mean seriously that my identity isn't about what other people think about me so if i'm trying then I'm, you will look back on it there's, there's no chance you're going to move to new york and go oh man, this just sucks. I hate it. It's going to be exciting. It's going to get in your blood. You're going to be moving and shaking. You're going to be working your tail off. And you might, you're right. You might be serving at a restaurant or like I was just in New York on our Emory tour and the lady where it's an awesome meatballs place. I think it might just be called balls. I can't remember what it's called, but, um, it was so good. And the waitress said, oh, y'all sound like you're from the South. And she, and we're like, yeah. And she said, oh yeah, I'm from the South. I'm from Walterboro, South Carolina. And I was like, I was like, man, man, she moved all the way from Walterboro and she's just a, a server at this restaurant. But guess what? She looked so happy. Right. She was so excited. I didn't have time to talk to her about the move that much, but she just kind of did it on a whim. I don't even know if she's pursuing anything, but just to get out, like to hear the fresh ideas and the different perspectives and all that stuff. Like when we when our band moved to Seattle, it was like night and day. I yeah. mean, I, I told people this all the time. We got there and the culture was just so different. And it yeah. was just crazy. And, and, and you I was immediately like, got robbed by a gang. Yep. We actually, that is true. Devin did.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought it was but, all of you.
1: No, well, we were there, but this guy got in Devin's face and said, give me money, man. And Devin didn't do it. I thought we were about to fight because all, all the other gang members were over there, But which is funny you don't ever think about Seattle as tough gang guys. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? That's How not, did
0: he, it's not he like didn't give the money and he got away?
1: <laughs> he just walked away. He just kept walking. He didn't stop. And the guy just left just didn't matter you know so Devin didn't have any money I don't think anyway but um anyways but that that does change you so yeah like even with your move man just you got to go in with it as no matter what good or bad this is what I got to at least try
0: well yeah I I 100% agree I think being caught up in whether or not it's gonna work out and being afraid of what kind of failure i might have is just as distracting from the work that i should be doing as getting a secure job right and just being focused on well i got this secure job because i got my plan b in place and it's a real strong plan b as you were saying yeah yeah it's scary man it's scary (laughs) yeah
1: well i mean it is scary like that that's the biggest thing you can do cuz it costs money to move. You're in a new place without your family and friends and all that stuff. Now you're kind of lucky cuz you do have your girlfriend going too. That's kind of a, a little bit of a bonus there. But I mean, the thing is, I just I really do believe when you look back on your life and you're laying there and you say, "Nah, I just I, I always stayed basically where I lived." I don't think you you would look back on that with excitement or, "Man, I really did something crazy in my life." I think if you said, yeah, I went to New York and good Lord, that turned out terrible. You'll have a story and it, that will shape you and you'll appreciate where you live now more. You, you know what I mean? Like if, if you move back, it won't be that big of a deal. If you move back in a year from now, you're going to be basically where you're at right now. It's, you're not yeah. going to lose that much or anything like that. And, right. and, and I, I love so, this so community. I think, do it. Right. So yeah. I always say, I always say move because it changes you and makes you better. People that don't move, a lot of times it ends up just, they just, all they hear is the same old, same old their entire life.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things I'm really inspired by with my girlfriend because she moved to Mexico and she moved to Wyoming and she did these things alone. And now she's want to go on this, on this adventure. And I'm glad I get to be a part of that because she knows what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're making this big move. You're going to be creating. When you're creating, where is your mind? Like, is it, I, obviously some sometimes as we were saying earlier things pop into your head but when you sit down to create what are you what are you doing
1: Um well it, I guess it pays to have something specifically in mind you know like if I'm going to create music then I, I have a instruments around me or my voice and I sing like that if I'm creating comedy like for unstoppable badass podcast or or Bad Christian I'm thinking what makes me laugh what you know like what what observations have I made during the day to, to really, you know, that sticks out and I think somebody would be interesting in hearing about that or maybe maybe they relate to that or maybe they get it. So I think for me, um, when I'm starting, okay, like with music, I go, okay, I'm going to sit in a place, I'm going to just n- noodle around on the guitar, try and get some kind of a musical idea going, something that pops up in my head. And also I think, honestly, with most creativity, I, I do believe this, I feel like it's the finished product is out there. It's already like somehow in the the ether or something like that, and I just got to find it. You got you know what I mean? Read like big it, it,
0: magic, man. You have to read really? big magic. If yeah, you're I, I no. will.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will. Then um, it just feels like it's out there, and it, I just have to find it. I mean, that's it. And once I find it, then it'll be done. You know, I, sometimes I feel a little bit separated from the creative process because I think, oh, there's something there. Where, how do I get to it? Okay, I change this chord. Okay, wait a minute. this lyric no, nope, that's, that's not the lyric that it's supposed to be. and it becomes and then eventually I get there, and then the finished product is there.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. It re- somewhat reminds me of Bono's process when he writes lyrics. The, they, the band will have some music that they've put together, and he'll listen to it, and he's just totally speaking, Bono gibberish. Yeah, And he's just finding the melodies, and he's finding words, and he's finding the story. That's a really cool process of creating. When you're performing this stuff, because it sounds like you really love the creation process, but you're a lead singer of a rock band. You have to go perform it. How are you getting in the mindset to have the great stage presence that you have?
1: Uh, That's changed over the years, I would say, for sure. In the beginning... You know, our look, our aesthetic of our band, the way way we were on stage really felt like it meant a lot. I think as you get older, you care less what people think and, and you just enjoy the music side of it and the performance side of it more, like playing your instrument well or singing well. And so I would say in the beginning, we definitely like uh, when we first started, I was like 250 something pounds. I was like, if I'm going to be in front of people, I don't really want to be jumping around stage and my belly's going one way. I'm headed the other way and just, you know, all this stuff. So I lost a lot of weight. And then, uh, then we started. Uh, I and our bass player Joel Green, and so we. Uh, I felt like okay. I, I feel good about this. I feel like I'm uh, becoming something. And and honestly, maybe it is a little bit of a character. Maybe Toby on stage is a character I play a little bit because you know I'm not. After you played uh, one of our songs like Walls, like literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, probably thousands and thousands of times. Um, I I think that uh you can't be as passionate about it you know what i mean like it's probably same way with with you you do stand up there's probably a joke that joke that you've had for a while and you know it might kill or something like that but it's probably not as funny to to do it but
0: i don't want to do it tonight but i i can't not do it tonight right
1: right exactly so but you're able to get past that because the presentation of it you get that same feeling like when we play walls or that joke hits you go, man, that was awesome. You know what yeah. I mean? It's that it's that that performance high you get where you're like, whoa, man, these people, they love this, especially like with with our songs. Like somebody that's been a fan forever, and we play a song, and this you know, there's there's tons of fans. We see them now when we go on tour. I have never seen y'all perform live before. I've been a fan since 2005, and I'm like, you've never. I mean, I know we've been near you. You never came. Nope, never seen you. <laughs> and so for them to hear Walls, it is the first time. You oh, know what wow. I mean? For for them to to hear oh, the song yeah. that I've done all that stuff. And that reaction, like probably same way for you, for you to tell that joke and it kills, you go, man, I didn't care about it. But wow, these people, there's somebody new here that just, just dying. You know, they just love this. It really hits a chord. So I think that part is what I, what I, I think about and kind of get past sometimes. Cause after you've written something created something, it's hard to go back and back and back to it, but there's always a, a new listener or a new viewer or hearer. Um, or seer of your, I guess it's the same thing as listener and viewer, but anyway, uh, of your stuff, and I think that um, that means a lot, that somebody would be so affected by something you created, even if it's old to you.
0: Yeah. When you have a big stage and a big venue with a huge crowd, is there anything, because you need to have so much energy to get into performing for that large of a crowd, is there anything that you're doing before the show, like... Seconds before you, or minutes before you, walk out on stage to get uh, into that I, mindset.
1: Yeah, I usually kind of go off by myself, do some vocal warm ups, um, and I'm I'm a, I, I don't know if it's just it's something about me that I always like being backstage a good hour before, like I, I um, or at least uh, you know in our bus this parked right behind the the venue or something like that. I don't like it. Like I'm not one of those people that could just be at their hotel, show up, and walk on stage. Like I kind of like sitting on our bus or sitting in a green room or whatever, and then just kind of getting my thoughts collected and then coming out, maybe even at the last minute, but just coming out, um, you know, kind of ready for what I'm going to do. But, yeah, there's some vocal exercises, maybe a little stretching here and there for stuff like that. But usually vocal exercises are the big thing.
0: For me, it's like before I'm doing uh, the 9 o'clock Friday show that I do, which is kind of a, a big show personally for me, that I want to do really well on, I have to have like an hour or two of just getting in my head, just remembering what doing improv right. is. Yeah. It's, uh, I need that time. And if I don't have it, I, there's a noticeable difference and not yeah. just because of habit, but right. a noticeable difference of uh, where my head's at when I am backstage or in the green room getting ready to, to go out. Yeah. Let's transition now and talk about Unstoppable Badass. You've talked about it a few times. I didn't realize until today that it was going to be comedy related one. When is it being released?
1: So, uh that's a that's a good question. I it's been a nightmare trying to get it on to iTunes. Like I got a SoundCloud account, put it on SoundCloud and then try to you know about, about all this and I having did to SoundCloud get SoundCloud for this, yeah. R- right. So doing it through that, and then I ran it through Google FeedBurner, and then when I got it into Google FeedBurner, then it was saying my picture was too big because it had to be like a certain size, so I had to go back and redo that. And then it still said it wasn't downloaded, so I had a weird link that was plugged in somewhere where it shouldn't have been. And it literally, before you called, I've been working for about three hours just trying to get that up, but it is in. It has been submitted. Now I don't iTunes hasn't approved it yet, but it's been submitted. So my goal is not this Monday, but the next, which is I don't know when this will come out, but I'll tell I'll say yeah, this. This is
0: coming out next week.
1: Okay, perfect. So it'll be the Monday after this, but I think that's uh Monday, August twenty ninth. And so um yeah, I this is this podcast on the unstoppable badass is kind of just something I've always wanted to do. I've always like Really enjoyed comedy and bits and skits on Saturday Night Live and, and just funny stuff, like funny movies. Was, like I've always been the joker. I was the big kid in school and was the class yeah. clown. You Got and I
0: had an improv class together yep. at Winthrop.
1: Yeah, took an improv class together, and so I've always liked it. I enjoy improv so much. In fact, I'm probably going to be taking an improv class here in Nashville to kind of hone my chops and learn a little bit more and get better oh, at that. Don't say sure.
0: probably. Definitely do that. That is a very yeah. good idea.
1: And that'll help me with podcasting too. Uh, you know, just being quick on your feet and realizing uh, you know, you know, just how to add to instead of take away, you know, all those oh, things. Yeah, are the so accepting important. of
0: what somebody is saying and then right. adding to it. And just like right. the posture of accepting what somebody is saying. Uh, right. Is, yes, is exactly. Crucial.
1: And 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 helping them and equipping them with the next thing they're gonna say. Those things are just so important, even in interviews, you know what I mean? So um I, with this though, I would, I would say what the big things about it are um, there's all these bits and characters, and it's a, it's, it's a one man show, but uh, there are other people. <laughs> I don't like saying that they're me. I, I'm going to say that they're other people, but they're characters. <laughs> all your characters? At, yeah. And so uh, I really want to push the limits of what's funny. I want to, yeah, and, what I can do and what I can say. It's my podcast. I just want to really go there, like really show people what my humor is like, what I think about how I do things. It's going to be goofy. It's going to be funny. And like I said, it's going to be seriously pushing some limits. Some things you might go, I don't know if I should laugh at this. I don't know (laughs) what to think, but I just kind of want to do that. So I'm just super excited. It gives me a little bit of an outlet for this. Like I do some Jokey stuff on uh, Bad Christian podcast for sure, yeah. but this is like all comedy and and with with some music thrown in as well. That's the other part that's really cool. Um, so I have a segment called Music for You, and basically uh, I'll I'm going to write some songs and uh, I I have I musical ideas constantly, and I so many so that I can't um, get them all out. So what I want to do is put some of my music on there, like a Guitar part or a guitar part with a vocal or lyrics or whatever it might be, and just give those away. I want my listeners just to take them, and if they like them, maybe they'll turn them into a song. Maybe they'll put them in their band with their band. You know, there might be a band listening that's this stuck on a lyric and takes my lyric and uses it. I don't want any like publishing stuff on it or, or anything like that. I just want to give some of these ideas away for sure. And uh, that's going to be really fun. And then also, I have, have tons of people, I put it out on Facebook. On my unstoppable badass Facebook that uh I'm looking for submissions and immediately got just a
0: ton. <laughs> more than that. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. And and people I, people sent in their ideas. I saw that and I was wondering if you were just going to be doing music so this whole idea is just to this part of that podcast is to use some ideas that people give you and then also give ideas
1: yes yeah so this whole part is basically just all about music i like the the first episode that'll come out uh on the 29th of august is um uh, this this guy sends in a song and then so basically i want to i kind of treat it like simon cowell Mm -hmm. like i want to just obliterate it and tell you what what's a little bit weird bad (laughs) <laughs> uh, not good about it and what's good about it and then maybe give you an idea of something you could change uh, to see if you like it better and it, it's working out really good It's it, that that still allows for a little bit of comedy with the music like you know just some parts I'm just dying laughing when like rock glockenspiel comes in there's no way you can't just not die laughing you know what I mean <laughs> and so it, just stuff like that I think is really fun and I really do want to help people and I, I want to learn from them as well I want their music to influence me so that when I we're writing the next Emory record, um, I want to have some new, fresh ideas.
0: Yeah, the comedy stuff I'm going to be interested in hearing. I'm going to be interested in hearing all of it. But I'm uh, you are naturally funny. You you follow all the rules just naturally. So you do have uh, you do have that ingrained in you already. I think you'll do well with that. Thanks, um, man. Well, usually at the end of the podcast, I create something with my guest. Okay. And. Um, we could create whatever you want. It could be, uh, I don't know, part of a song. We've kind of already collaborated on a song with my excellent That's beatboxing true. earlier. Um, we could do, I don't know, a character thing. You do a lot of character stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see. What would be a good character I could do? I could do, uh, I, I have uh, Sound Guy Steve. I mm-hmm. could let Sound Guy Steve talk to you about some of your editing that you're doing.
0: Okay. Or what, uh, okay, yeah. Or what do you want to do? Oh no, okay. we can. I, I'd like to talk to one of your your characters. We can create a character, or we both could be a character.
1: Okay, who do you want to be?
0: You have um, a character in mind. The only one that's coming to mind is the uh, pizza guy that you do.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I could do Neil the pizza guy.
0: But <laughs> I can kind of do
1: Neil the pizza guy. All right, you do you do I Neil the pizza guy. I haven't
0: done it in a while. Let me see if I get.
1: I'll be I'll be the straight man. You be Neil the pizza guy. Hey man. Hey, hey man. man. You, How's it going?
0: I got some pizza here, man.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I ordered pizza, but um, I, I'm looking at it right now. I, I ordered just pepperoni. This has, like, weird stuff on it. What is that? These are anchovies, man. Oh, no. Dude, I'm highly allergic. I can't do this. I'm uh, Get the hell out of <laughs> Hey, man, aren't you a Christian,
0: man? <laughs> I came all what? this way.
1: The, hey, this cross in my front yard, that, I mean... That-
0: you're not gonna pay me for coming here,
1: man. This is some bull crap, man. Well, I'm I'm sorry, but I I will pray for you. Can I? I mean, sir, do you know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior? I know you deliver pizza, but do you know Him as your Savior?
0: I've heard people talk about that, man. But I, I mean, <laughs> I think what do you to, what are you really
1: here for? You say pizza, but are you here for change? Is that why you're here, like to just to be somebody different?
0: Well, I. I I was actually.
1: Hey, well, before you say, that, let me let me go ahead and eat a slice while you're talking. Hey, oh,
0: hey, oh, man, oh. you may be Christian, but you're not Jesus. You can't you can't make this pizza multiply. I gotta sell this to somebody.
1: <laughs> hey, well, I'm not paying for it, so I'm sorry, but uh, I appreciate all that you do. Uh, here's a tract. It tells you where your eternal destination is um, if you don't accept Jesus Christ your Lord. Okay, I'll see you later.
0: This is bullcrap. I bet your brother got this. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh That's a pretty good Neil. I yeah, I uh heard you doing it one day and I I don't know for whatever reason I thought I could do it and then I called you but blocked my number as and called you as Neil.
1: <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that was fun, man. It was good having you on. We'll call right. it. there it is.
1: Yeah, sweet, man.
0: Always good to get to talk to an old friend, even if you have to start a podcast to do it. He's a busy man; he's hard to get a hold of. Uh, you have to, you have to start a podcast and schedule an interview with him. His children have to do the same. It's true. It's true. I was glad to have him on. Uh, if you want to make. A move or take a chance, you might as well do it. I love that advice. Really good perspective on how life works when you have a big decision to make. Disagree? Well, share your thoughts with me on Facebook or Twitter. Hit us up at There It Is Pod. For more on Toby's endeavors, why don't you head on over to Twitter, and you can look up at xbadchristianx for the Bad Christian Podcast Twitter account. For Emery, go to at official Emery, that's E-M-E-R-Y, and connect with his new podcast on Facebook, at The Unstoppable Badass. There are plenty of Emery albums out there for you to buy as well. For more on what we're doing here at There It Is, why don't you go over to There It Is Podcast? Dot .com. There you can get more episodes and join the discussion in the blogs. If you are already hooked on the podcast, then you just might have itis There is no cure for theiritis, but you can treat the symptoms with more. There it is. Support the podcast so we can keep making episodes and treat your iritis. May you all have itis There it is, guys, another episode of There It Is. Next week's episode has Sharna Halpern, yes, the co-founder of the I.O. Theater. It's a must listen. Until next time, be good to each other.
1: The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.